Hey everyone, Shake Kool-Aid here, and today we are kicking with Project Runway's Gunner Deathridge. We get to know Gunner a bit more as we talk about our love for costume design. I find out what it's like to be a contestant on Project Runway, and we get pointers on how to be a better TikToker, and we find out what Gunner is wearing to the very last Kentucky Derby ever. Stay tuned. Forever. Dog. Shea are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shea Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hey girl, how's it going? Things are going good today, girl. It was so fun to connect with Gunner on Monday and chat about, I mean, one of my favorite episodes of this cycle. It was fun to talk about just, I mean, every time we meet with somebody and everybody is in love with Takara, it's just so fun to just have that bond with so many people. And I'm really excited for you guys to chat today because I know you both love costume design and designing things. Oh, um, you're not wrong there. I'm really excited to pick Gunner's brain today because um, not very many people know this, but being on Project Runway was definitely an aspiration of mine. So I'm really excited to get into it with him. So I don't want to waste any more time. I am really excited to welcome back to the show from Project Runway. We have Gunner Deathridge. Hi, Gunner. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my God, thank Thank you you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. I have to tell you, I nerd out a little bit when talking to you because I've never met you, but I just like such a big fan. I love watching what you do. You're like such a fun cartoon character. Oh my gosh, thank you. (laughs) Um, uh, And also, I am a fan of yours. I watched you on Project Runway uh, both times. I I really want to know because we both have backgrounds um, in design and I'm always like really curious to know for just any artist in general, like uh, what was the, their start point? What was like, you know, that, that moment where they got bit by the bug and fell in love with what it is that they do. So I'm really curious to know um, what inspired you to go into clothing and design. So it started, my grandmother was a seamstress and I learned from her. So she kind of taught me everything that I knew at the time. But then I got into show choir in high school, which is a little bit like glee, but like we would do like one routine a year and travel around. And um, I loved the costumes and the sets and just the theatrics of it. And it really inspired me. And right around that time, reality TV was taking off. So truly shows like America's Next Top Model, watching these photo shoots happen, and then Project Runway premiered. So it was a weird full circle moment to be able to like watch Project Runway, hope to maybe one day make it on there, and then to actually have that come to realization was really crazy. Yeah, I remember um, I watched, because I, we didn't have um, Bravo and our cable package. So um, it was my friend Elise Smith who was like, 
Um, yeah, I have these DVDs of the show Project Runway, and I just like know that like you love fashion, and I feel like you would love them. And she had both seasons one and two. And so I remember I was like a junior in high school at that point. And I remember just like watching seasons like one and two of Project Runway just like in my room being like, holy moly, this is everything. Um, so I'm, I I want to know like not Project Runway related because I feel like that segue would make you uh, think that that was what I was asking. But just in general, who are um, some of the designers that you've always uh, felt a draw to the most? You know, when I first started to like really make clothing, because uh, I, I really started when I was like 20 or 21, like fully doing it, which is also coincidentally when I did make it onto Project Runway. So I was, at the time I was watching a lot of Marc Jacobs for Louis Vuitton, like right before then leading up to that. And it, to me, it was as much about the show as it was about the clothing, right? Because, yeah. you know, there were some iconic ones. But, you know, uh, I always loved the Rodarte sisters when they first came yes. out. Mm-hmm. I just, I love a self-made duo. And there was something that was felt so tangible about watching somebody kind of blossom and to this day I think that what they do is like some of my favorite stuff yes I love that I love a little Rodarte moment um yes okay so we we talked about your uh favorite designers do you have like any dream clients any like muses in art or pop culture that you'd be like um I need to get them and a Gunnar Deathridge design um yes uh uh, weirdly, I I love inspiring people to make things right now. But um, one of my bigger people that I've always wanted to dress is Nicole Kidman, just because I'm just obsessed with her. Uh, yeah. Janelle, and Mon- she's a chameleon. Oh my god, yeah, she just can wear anything. I think Janelle Monae is really high on my list because, like, I think another chameleon. I just think she's <laughs> so fun. Like, she wants to do anything. And recently, Anya Taylor Joy is. I think she would also be super fun to work with. Absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, um, yeah. I love any. I can be inspired by anybody, which I think is what I love to do. It just the person. I think if you're interesting and you have a personality, I want to do it. Yeah, and honestly, those three choices are all like really great, all different in their own way. But I could see all um, being able to fit within like the same like realm or idea of like a collection. You know, I could see them all like wearing something from Gunner Deathridge and having it all look like cohesive yet like individual for each and every one of them because they have that quality. They wear clothes so well. They And I think that they like to take chances. And I think mm-hmm. that, I mean, coming from like kind of the costume place growing up, like I don't like boring things. So, you know, if I do a collection, they're all, every single season has been really different and all over the place. And so I think it's kind of fun to see who is the muse of the season and who do I think would be fun to see in in the clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were coming up, did you, were you watching um, Project Runway as it was airing? As it was airing, yes. It was like my favorite thing to do. I think it was like Thursday nights were like Project Runway night. Oh, yeah. You had that mm. good cable package. That's nice. Well, it was all we had. Because <laughs> we didn't have a lot growing up. Like, that was, like, one thing that, like, we definitely had was TV. But, like, I didn't have internet until I graduated high school, really. Yeah. So, like, oh. I... Yeah, I had it at school. Oh. And, like, we had a, a dial-up, kind of, that I just didn't know how to use it. So, I didn't mess with it. So, TV was kind of where it was at for me. 
Wow, that is so wild. I remember like um, the dial-up days, all of that. Just like going just through internet transitions just within my own house. It was The discs you had to get to upgrade the packet from 96 oh my to 97. Gosh. Ooh. And then, yeah, just sit there and watch like the computer update. And then like, oh, I remember getting like uh, the Sims for Christmas and then going to <laughs> install it on the family computer. And my dad was so mad because the computer was basically hijacked to install the Sims software for like God knows how long. <laughs> but I was like, you got me that game. That's your fault. It is what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. It was good old times. Good old times. Um, so uh, are there any things that you're making right now that you're truly feeling like excited about? I know that, I mean, I, I know that we'll get into like your TikToks um, in a little bit, but uh, uh, any fun little projects that you're working on? Uh, one of the things that I'm really excited about that is weirdly not fashion related is I'm working on a baking book right now. It's like a, my grandmother recently passed on Christmas and she's like, obviously she was like a big part of who I am. And, um, and weirdly it's funny. I'm doing this America's next top model podcast because for her memorial, I'm planning in, it might be in poor taste, but she would love it. I'm going to do her, the outro where she dissolves away. Like after they get eliminated, because she said when she had open heart surgery, that's what it felt like. And I think she would really laugh at this. So this (laughs) whole entire baking book, uh, is going to, it's called uh, recipes for a month of Sundays, which was a phrase she would say. So it's just a series of books and it's a little memoir. So that's something I'm like, like a passion project that I'm working on right now that I'm really excited about. Oh, that's nice. And what was your grandmother's name? Her name was Donna. Ooh, Donna. And she was a bleach blonde. Back in the day, she wore the bell bottoms. She was super trendy. I loved it. I'm almost like, can your name be Donna and you not be blonde? Because you said Donna and my my mind went immediately to like bright, bleach, blonde, platinum. I was like, it was very bad. I, uh, I just recently went to my mom's house to visit like since the beginning of the pandemic. And there was this incredible photo of her and my grandparents and um, this is them in the 70s. And wow. Wow. Right. That's a serve. That's a serve. <laughs> right? so. <laughs> She's definitely a Donna. Yeah. She's a Donna for sure. <laughs> what did Donna like to bake? Anything. She she couldn't cook to save her life. So uh, that's also going to be part of the book. But I mean, she did confectioner candies at Christmases and pies and cakes and cobblers and really old recipes that I think are going to be fun to kind of reinvent and like give them a little bit of a new life. Is there um, a particular recipe, like baking recipe, that is your favorite thing to make? Like, what's your favorite thing to yeah. bake? Um, I personally really love to do pies because I think that they're me too. I think that you get maximum flavor with minimal effort, and usually I don't have a lot of time, so that's kind of like the easy go-to for me. Yeah, uh, and nobody bitches about a pie. I was gonna say <laughs> I was gonna agree with you, like on the pie front, because I do feel like you know, it, like everyone's like, "Wow, a pie!" They're really impressed, but really, you know, once you get like the crust down, you know, the filling is pretty much easy. You just kind of have to like mix some like fruit and sugar with like a couple little extra things, and you're like good to go. If you're not enjoying the crust, you're eating a bad pie. Yeah, um, I like to do a all butter and vodka crust. Um, that is that that's like my tea. That's what I like because the vodka helps to when it evaporates, it just makes it even more flaky. It's like, mm, yes, girl. I've actually never heard of people using vodka for that. That's really interesting. 
I I I I just caught that tip just from being on like baking blogs and then like some and then it and then I went into this deep hole because then somebody mentioned it and then somebody tried it and then like put it in the comments of this blog and then like other people were like doing it and giving their own little suggestions about how to replace um water with vodka and it just it yeah it just was I was like oh well now I have to do it so I went in the the fridge and grabbed the Tito's and it it it, it it's yeah, it's my favorite way to go about making a crest. Noted. Gonna going forward, vodka vodka pies only. Yes, we love a good old vodka pie. <laughs> Little two cups of vodka. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we are gonna take a quick break so we can go and enjoy um, a shot of vodka while we make our pie crust simultaneously uh, recording this podcast, and we will continue chatting with our girl Gunner. We'll be right back. back and we are talking to project runway's very own gunner deathridge now gunner we were just talking about costume design and i mentioned before that before drag i really thought that project runway was going to be my destiny now you've actually been on project runway a couple of times now uh tell me what inspired you to want to go out and do the show i I think originally it was because I wanted the attention and I, I thought it would be fun to do. I truly was just like, I think I can do this. And so, you know, I did an episode of season nine and then I also was on all of season 10 and then an all-star season. So the first time I got on was I was 21 years old, a baby, baby. and <laughs> did not know what was doing. And, and like, I just got sent home very early for it. And I think I was just like, at that point on, it was like, I need to prove that I can do this, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm self-taught, like, besides my mm-hmm. grandmother. So I think it was more of, like, proving something to myself after that. At first, it was more ego, and then it was afterwards, like, I need to kind of just prove this t- for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you entered into the show, like, on season 10, did you have a strategy for how you were going to go about um, playing the game? Yeah, I think I played it a little bit more like if, as if I were on like a RuPaul's Drag Race, if I'm honest with you. I played it for per- <laughs> I played that for personality. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, un- I think, a little bit of a villain on my season. I stirred the pot, that's for sure. Uh, and I think truly looking back, it was my way of making sure that I had airtime and that I, I felt uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know as much of these people, so I'm going to make sure that I can still get my my time yeah, and and then I'm gonna beyond that. I was like, I'll figure the rest out as it happens. I mean, absolutely, and you definitely were memorable and got your screen time, girls. So you were smart about it. You said, "Let me play like I'm one of these drag race girls. Come on in God. here, be the charisma." People up in here frequently. It's so funny now that I'm posting my work on TikTok. The amount of people that are like. You should go on Drag Race. And I'm like, I am missing every other element of what it takes to go on this show. Like, like, I don't know what you think I can do behind closed doors. I'm like, I'm literally making the dress. That's it. It's look, and Drag Race now is not like it was on like season three of Drag Race when there was like three different construction challenges because that was the season that I saw and made me be like, oh my God, this is like the perfect crossover because these queens are creating these looks too and coming up with these concepts, you know. Um, 
and I feel like as the show has gone on, there aren't as many like sewing savvy queens. So I feel like the construction challenges have gone down to like just maybe one yep. a season, you know, yeah. like a ball challenge <laughs> of some sort. And- yeah, it's yes. normally like, you know, you have a ball challenge and that's it, you know, and then you still get a girl that's just like, I can't when, make clothes. My question <laughs> for you regarding drag race is I just... When I went on Project Runway, I didn't have to prep that much. I brought my toolkit, my outfits for me on the show, which are just regular clothes. They can fold up in a in a suitcase. Mm-hmm. What is that process like of being like, I need, th- I mean, if you're going to make it, you everyone plans on making it to the end. That's like 30-something uh-huh. outfits and maybe extras on top. Yes, absolutely. It is there is just like so much that you have to strategically like pack because yeah, there you, you have to just kind of like be the whole package. And that's like something that I feel like is different with um, drag race versus so many um, other reality television competitions is that, you know, fundamentally as drag queens, we kind of are our own production company. So, you know, we are our own hair. We are our own makeup. We are our own wardrobe. You know, we are our own choreographer, you know, a lot of times and like that. So you have to kind of come in within this production with your own like little production and it's, it's huge uh, it is so much so much i mean so many suitcases. do you ship it ahead of time like or do you like or is it all in suitcases like there are some wigs that don't go in a suitcase you know right you know uh you ship things you know you you fly with things it's just like it's all just like you just do what you can to get yourself yeah <laughs> i just watch it I just watch you guys unpack your suitcases and knowing, I mean, I, I'm a hoarder of fabrics and dresses. There's like 30 uh-huh. hanging behind me. I can, <laughs> I just know how heavy it is and how much there is to it. And then also I'm a background in cosmetology. So like, I know the amount of stuff you're bringing. Yeah, it, it is. You really basically, it's like you're moving. It's like a little film trailer, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> every department in one trailer. <laughs> Absolutely. Every single department. And you're like, here we go. Let's yes. go and do this. It's like summer camp, you know? Yeah. You really just come with your trunks, you know, and everything you need. It's, it's, it's so it's, crazy. It's, I love watching yes. it, but that show would, I, I just, I mean, I don't do drag anyways, but even if I did, I just think that would stress me out. You have to be, you have to be everything. You know, and I feel like one thing that I've like learned in like going through like the process is that like, just like, I feel like in any competition that at the end of the day, you have to know that you have a certain amount of like prep and like lessons and like tools that you go in with. Um, And you have to be adaptable because things are always going to change. And then ultimately you just have to trust yourself too, because like you do, you have to know um, that, you know, uh, what's best. And so, you know, as, as, as someone who has done a regular season and an all-stars, you know, the, that's something that we have in common. What did you feel like was the difference for you going on to Project Runway the first time and then returning um, to do all-stars? Uh, a paycheck first. Uh, that was <laughs> <laughs> Project Runway did not have budget. So the first time we made no cash weekly. So oh, I'm, wow. Uh, yeah, I made a collection, sold the collection to pay my bills while I was gone for a regular Project Runway, season 10. And then when I came home, had to go right back into like working the grind. So All Stars was, we had cash. That was the first big difference. Uh-huh. Yeah. And secondly, I felt, I don't, I, I mean, I think if I were to do All Stars now, I would come back and I think I could really win it. I'm just yeah. at this point, like you said, like you once you know your craft and what you do so well, 
it's just a second nature for you. But when I went back on All Stars, they kind of found me at a time where I just needed to like get away from my situation I was in. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't been sewing since the show. So yeah. it was kind of like I was in the same exact place as the first time, but they were like, you ready to run? And I just had to kind of do it. So yeah. I don't think, I think had I had a little more time under my belt or been sewing, it would have been a different story for me because now I feel like I could really win it, but I wouldn't do it now. Um, but All-Stars, you do come back with some clarity. I think that you there is a little bit more of like, this is... I wasn't an asshole. I'll say that like I was in season 10. Mm-hmm. So you come back with a little bit. some growth. Yeah. You also, <laughs> once you watch yourself on TV, you have some opinions on yourself. Yeah. It's okay. It's, it is uncomfortable for you as it is for oh me because God. I thoroughly don't enjoy it. The viewing parties. I, I'm just like, not only do I not want to watch myself, but I don't want to watch myself with a bar of people. Yeah. In front of people watching <sighs> me, watch me. Yeah, I think that's a very well, interesting like, concept to that. Yeah, yeah. Like I can imagine too coming into it and being in the top of something that, and then because that's all announced live. I don't know if you were at a at a bar with people or if you had people around. But I imagine that to be very nerve wracking. Yeah, it really is. The yeah. first time that I ever did any type of live viewing party scenario, I realized I was just watching the episode with this like smile painted on my face the entire time. Cause like everyone's just like watching me and yep. like, people are like on their phones recording me watch the episode. So oh, I just like, so I, stressful. It was just like, uh, you know, so it's like really awkward. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, I don't particularly enjoy watching myself in an unscripted format. Like, if I was, like, acting in something, I can kind of, like, easily watch that because I know that I'm performing. But when I'm watching myself just, like, exist and seeing just, like, the way I, like, hold myself, it's way too confronting. You're you like, forget oh, the cameras uh, are there. You really do you forget do. cameras are uh-huh. there. And then you are reminded that they were. You're like, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> You're like, oh, they caught me doing that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Fast forward. You have now turned yourself into quite the TikToker. Um, you are really out here doing the damn thing. And I'm just like, I'm I'm curious to know uh what made you start doing TikToks because I I I literally still I'm I'm not tech savvy enough. I I don't even know how to put together um a tick to a talk. You could do it. If I can do it, you can do it. I didn't have a computer oh, until a couple years thank ago. You. I'm not a te- <laughs> I'm not a tech person, but You know, I was right before the pandemic, I was art directing and set designing with my friends doing really big videos. We did all of most of Ariana's last album. We did Mm -hmm. uh, Justin Bieber, Halsey. So big stuff, lots of work, always moving. And then when that came to a halt, I just got bored. Honestly, I don't sit still very well. So you know, I was like, well, I'll just start sewing. And then I posted the first one and it got like 200,000 views the first night. And I was like, this feels like a drug. (laughs) 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 And then it just kept going. It just blew up. So which one was your first TikTok video? Um, It was a a hat video. I made a Kentucky Derby hat. Mm, Yeah. I love a good old Kentucky Derby hat. Actually, you know what? I'm lying to you. My first one was I, I made a hat inspired by Trixie Mattel. Oh, yeah. work. Because it was it was right around the time when her all-star season was airing. Or it was, maybe I was watching it or something. And I was like, this would yeah. be a fun topic. And nice. so I kind of popped it on that. And really, that's what TikTok is about. It's just figuring out what's relevant and making content around it. 
Ah, see which, there. Look at that. But it's look easy you for you because pulse. you're always relevant. You know, you're at this point a piece <laughs> of pop culture. So you've got it made. Oh, thank you. I still, um, I'm still trying to figure out like what even type of TikTok um, content I would make. You know, it may be cooking. Maybe. Cooking, you should do cooking, and then you should also do just painting your face and and talking. Oh yeah, that too. I guess I because do that too sometimes. The <laughs> beauty beauty partnerships is where the money is. Hey, we do love beauty. We love we money love, too. Yeah, and partnerships. <laughs> yes, like, all those things are incredible. Um, and speaking of incredible, you do these incredible recreation pieces from some of your favorite movies. Uh, is there anyone like on your list? That you're like dying to do that you want to share with us? Um, I'd really love to remake one of the dresses from Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette. That's like <sighs> really high on my list. Yeah. 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 It's like a favorite. And I'm currently have the fabric slash the pattern to recreate another dress from Titanic, which Ooh, is like, yes. I think going to be super fun, but I love a challenge. I love, I did a lot of recreations last year and I, just recently did an Alexander McQueen remake for Patagonia, who's like a, an environmental activist drag queen. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the craziest recreation I've ever done. It was yeah. really intricate. And I was like, wow, I've come a long way. <laughs> yeah, because it's just all like when it, we start getting into like Alexander McQueen tailoring, that, that that's that's yeah. that's that's on whole new levels. It's nuts. You know? And I'll, if you've not seen the video, I'll send it to you. But it's oh yes, gorgeous. Yeah, please. Fun to break it down for sure. I love a remake. What is one of like the most, your favorite viral videos you've made? Cause some of them have really like popped mm. off. Um, to be honest with you, the, the Alexander McQueen that, that I just did, it's got almost 4 million views, which is not the most views, but like I spent, I made that dress in three days and I got to work with a team of people to help me work on it. Like I did all the sewing. I hand stitched the entire dress. It's all hand smocked. Oh, the oh wow. Yes. This yes. This collection too. Uh this when Sarah so Burton, incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's like one of my favorites. So that was nuts for me. But you know, I also I love to surprise people. Like I remade my niece a Barbie dress. She's like, oh, uh, that was so cute. She- you know, and it's like I love that when your gift can like you can inspire other people, and like those are little moments to me where I'm like, this is really mm-hmm. cool that I, this is my job and this is what I get to do. Yes. Well, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back. We are going to play my favorite game. What are you wearing? We'll be back. are back with our TikTok sensation, Gunner Deathwish. We were just um, discussing um, smocking and, and such forth and such as. And Gunner here at Wanna Be On Top, when we are not talking about um, smocking techniques, we'd like to play a game called What Are You Wearing? So how this works is we're going to give you a scenario and you are allowed to pull anything you want from the pages of Vogue magazine to the clearance bin at Goodwill to imaginary pieces that you see in your mind, all to create an iconic look for this hypothetical scenario. Do you think you can handle it? Yeah, I'm in. All right. So 
PETA has finally convinced Kentucky to stop having the derby because of the harm it causes the animals. They are going to throw one last hurrah to celebrate the years of tradition and put a cap on the end of an era. They have invited you to come to the Derby as a VIP and sit amongst some of Kentucky's best. Now, Gunner, what are you wearing? Okay. I feel like if it's the last hurrah, there is so much fanfare already at the Kentucky Derby, being from Louisville, Kentucky. I design for it every year. Uh, people take chances, specifically the women. So the hat is going to play a huge portion of what's happening here. If it were me and I were thin enough slash pulled in enough, I think I would pull from the Mark last Mark Jacob. One of the last Mark Jacobs collections did for Louis Vuitton with the peacock, the black peacock hats that went yes. up. I think I would have some kind of black sheer corseted top tucked into some black satin McQueen pants that mm. like maybe like lace or corseted it up on the sides all the way to the top. Ooh. Yes. Or I would wear what Billy Porter wore to the Golden Globes, the black velvet tuxedo gown that Christian Siriano made. Work. If we it's love that. if it's the last one, me being from Kentucky and loving it, it's a little bit of a funeral. So yes. I guess we're dressing for a funeral. Ooh. I like I that. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, Maxwell, what are you wearing to the um Kentucky Derby? I I don't know. I would can't even think of what kind of hat I would even begin to wear. I mean, I would probably want something with like a cup holder for my iced coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were mm-hmm. thinking, you know, thinking practical practicality. Um, I would be big. I mean, a big iced coffee hat. Maybe with like, um, you know, a rubber straw instead of like a plastic one, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good for the environment. I see. Love that. Reusable. I haven't, I have not thought this deep into it. Have you, what about you? Um, okay. So off the top of my head, um, I'm thinking that what I'm going to do is do my own version of, um, Eliza Doolittle's look from um, My Fair Lady um, when they're all in the black and white um, with the hats, like the very like Edith Head design only because it's mostly like it's like it's like white with like black stripes. I would like flip it, make it black. But then instead of white stripes, it would be like rainbow stripes so that like against the black like each stripe would be like a different color like of the rainbow subtly with like rainbow buttons like I'm feeling very like Christopher John Rogers and like the way the suit is like looking and then with like the black hat but then with like the big 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 flowers um in it and instead of it being like a hobble skirt it's like a pantsuit um because that's cute Obviously, yeah, a lady has to move. So, like, pantsuit with just, like, big picture hat, black, um, rainbow. Um, and I'm thinking some um, vintage uh, Halston uh, shades. You need big glasses for that. For big, her. big, big, like, big, big. Huge. Yes. Big sunglasses. Huge. <laughs> I, could, I could do big sunglasses for this event with my iced coffee hat. 
And then the pinstripe. I would do like stripes for sure. Stripes, maybe like a linen stripe moment because I'm thinking like a seersucker. That's what I'm like seeing in my mind. That yes, like a a matching suit with like a mint button down, and then a Starbucks hat because the mint would complement the green on the mermaid really well. Okay, is the seersucker mint as well, or is that a different color? What I mean. A mint seersucker would be kind of fierce. Like, that would I mean, be really it would be fierce. kind of fierce. <laughs> like, I think that might be kind of a moment. Like, especially for the last hurrah. I mean. Oh, my God. Wait. And then what if, like, you just have, like, fully, like, A.B. stoned shoes that are supposed to represent the ice cubes at the bottom? You know? Ooh. So they're just, like, fully sparkly, iced out shoes. And you're like, yeah, these are my ice cubes. I love that idea. Okay. Thank you. I needed help. I've never been to the Derby or a sporting event of that nature. So I've never (laughs) really thought. (laughs) What is it like? Can you explain? Give us a visual, like paint our mind because I've never been. I've only seen the Simpsons episode where they did it. So that is not a fair representation. Um, (laughs) I will tell. I mean, I don't know. I will tell you the, I don't even go for the horse racing. That's not the vibe for me, but the, the people watching is amazing if you like to have a drink unguilt like no guilt at nine in the morning this is the day for you you get out of bed usually at seven or eight in the morning you get dressed to the nines like you were ready to go you usually have a car service or something take you because there are so many cars going and there's nowhere to park and once you walk in it is just hordes of people that are dressed wild and like people take crazy chances um the day starts out really beautiful there are like buffets if you're sitting up in millionaire's row which is like where we used to sit because the magazine would sponsor us very fancy nice food like everything was free it's just there's insane and then honestly the horse racing we wouldn't go out for any of it until the very last race which is the derby uh, and I'll tell you, there is something incredible about standing on a balcony. And I'm sure PETA and everyone that is against horse racing is going like, to hate us for this. But when the gates sound and they go off, it's silent for a moment. It's the craziest thing. And there's hundreds of thousands of people. And the way that everything starts to shake like an earthquake and then erupt with sound for two whole minutes is really incredible. It's something that if you've never been to, it's unforgettable. Um, I grew up there, so I'm biased towards it. But it it's really a special kind of thing and it's fun to get dressed up for. I love. Okay. So in your mind, um, you are also um, booking talent. Um, Who would be the celebrity performer that you would have come and shut it down at the very last hurrah? Dead or alive? Both, both. It's fantasy. Okay. Okay. I feel like it. there's always somebody that sings the national anthem at the very beginning of it. And if I were going to be like anyone vocalist that I think would do it justice, the last hurrah would be Miss Whitney Houston. Oh, yes. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. That's a moment everyone wants to relive, okay? Absolutely. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. I actually recently finished Pose. I'm like, I know I'm late, but I, the end of the second season – and when there's the Whitney, oh my God, I was like uncontrollably mm. like glued and like almost crying. I was like, I was like, I was watching Same. it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> almost. I was definitely crying. I, I was, so, I'm not a crier, so I was holding it together, but I was just like, oh God. <laughs> something about Pose makes me cry every time. I don't uh, know. Just something him. about that show. They know how to really, you know, get those heartstrings. They know how mm-hmm. to get them nice and plucked. 
Is there somebody that's, is there like a halftime show at the, or like, no? No. But there is, um, there's like an infield where like the college yes, kids go party. Show at the Kentucky <laughs> Derby. I'm just already imagining Jennifer Lopez doing her pole dance routine. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I mean, I would Bats imagine they'd probably loud. pick. I imagine they'd probably pick somebody a little bit more of the vibe, like a Garth Brooks or something of that sort. Okay, but uh, what about a Casey Musgraves moment? Oh my god! I, I mean, that, that. Oh, a be- duet, a duet with her and Dolly. That oh would be god. gay, right? I'm gonna tell you, I did a Casey Musgraves video last year. I did her song "Rainbow." My team at Nomad Art and Design, and I did it. She's so cool in person. Oh, she's so. We cool. love I to imagine. hear that. Yeah. She's and her mom is like very rough and tumble. She's a southern girl. Like I almost I thought it. she was a I almost thought she was like a butchy lesbian at first. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It was what you want. It was what you wanted. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, look, that is all the time that we have for today. Gunner, it was so great to chat with you and get to know you a bit more. Thank you so much for joining us and, you know, kicking about Top Model and letting us into your life a little bit more and letting us know a little bit more about you. Please, um, can you uh, let our listeners know where they can find you online? Yeah, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. I'm all at Gunner Deathridge, G-U-N-N-A-R-D-E-A-T-H-E-R-A-G-E. Uh, and yeah, I've got educational content, sewing content, a Patreon where they can learn how to sew, get sewing patterns, all the way up to a size 32. So yeah, yes. we've got a lot going on over here. Ah, gorgeous. Thank you again. It was such a blast. And for all of you out there, uh, next week we are going to be joined by my daughter, Kinsey Coulee. It's going to be so much fun. You do not want to miss it. Um, but until then... Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any top model facts or questions for Maxwell and me, our guests, or you even just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to Wanna Be On Top wherever you listen and make sure to rate and review the show. It helps us grow. I'm Shea Coulee. And I'm Maxwell Esposito. And as always, the question remains... Wanna be on top? Wanna be on top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. To listen to Wanna Be On Top ad-free and Monday early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by Shea Coulee, produced by Maxwell Esposito, editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.